Recorded live. Salam, going on the record. This is Brother Sergio in Israel, and welcome to Thursday Night Fellowship Line. The time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock p.m. Central. Um, can we have a, a roll call? Um, Salam, Brother. Foreign on the record, this is Minister Emmanuel Salam. Um, going on the record, out Eric in comfort from Tribal Judah. Shalom Nation. Forward on the record, this is Sister Crystal. Shalom Nation. Shalom. Falling on the record, this is Octravon from the Tribe of Benjamin. Shalom Nation. Is there anybody else that's uh, present? Okay. Um, is Priest online? Okay. I guess he um, isn't here at this particular moment. He could probably be here in a little bit. Um. First things uh, first. Has anybody uh, uh, seen the uh, news uh, or heard anything about the young lady who was tossed around in the classroom? Because it made, I mean, it's been all over the news. Anybody heard about it? Hello, brother. This is uh, Brother Trevon, Tribe of Benjamin. Yes, I, I did see a little bit of it yesterday. And... Um, you know, um, oh, can I be heard? Can you, can you hear me? Shalom, brother. Shalom, brother Andrew from the Child of Benjamin. One on the right there. Shalom, nation. Um, yeah, yes, brother uh, Trayvon, we can hear you, brother. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of it, and I, I saw what took place. And I, I can imagine what happened and how the sister was acting. She was being difficult. She was being difficult, and um, I don't think that, you know, I think he, the officer was asking her politely to step out of the classroom because she was, she was being very disruptive. And you know how our people act at times. They have that mentality, uh, this, condition, this condition, that they act like they don't have any sense. And so he had to... He had to escort her out, but the way how it went down, it looked like he just, um, I guess, was just dragging her, you know, across the hall and just throwing her out the room or something so it made it look like he was a bad cop. So a lot of folks that I spoke about that spoke about this, they were saying that the, the officer was wrong for what he did, and with this girl that wasn't listening. And with that, I yield. Does anybody else have anything they want to share about that uh, particular video? Has anybody ever uh, actually heard what was in the video? Um, no, not really. 
Okay. I only I only um saw, you know, the comments, you know, from the the officer and um and that was basically yeah, I didn't see too much or hear too much else what they were talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's been all over the world. I mean, it's been all over uh uh, the news. I mean, it made if I'm not, I I want to say it made world news because I didn't I didn't see world news. Um, however, I had seen it all over social media, and um, I mean it's been playing like over and over and over and over again. And um, the uh, the young lady who spoke about it on CNN, and there were people who were saying that they couldn't even hear anything in the uh, in the, uh, audio. All they saw was that she sat there quietly, um, didn't say anything, and then the, the cops came and uh, I guess they um, tried to apprehend her or whatever. And uh, she got roughed up really, really bad. Yeah. I just thought it, like, when I saw it, I was just like, wow, like, this is, a, this is a kid, you know, like, this, this is the same. Like, this isn't a black, this isn't a black man anymore. This is a young little, this is a young uh, lady. And I just thought to myself, like, man, like, this is, I mean, it's going to get worse, but I just didn't imagine it would get worse where our kids would be in the midst of it. But a lot of this stuff right here, I mean, the way it looks, is it's going to get worse. The reason why it's going to get worse is because you got to think about the mindset that our young brothers and sisters are in. They don't really get. They don't have a clue what's really going on in this country. And that's only because they don't really know who they are. So they go to class or they go to school or they go to work or wherever it is they go and they're seeing this stuff happening around them, and it's just like, oh, well, this stuff is happening to me. Why is it happening? And they're not necessarily, they're either not asking the question or someone's not answering the question the way it should be answered. And most likely, no one's really answering the question. And what a lot of these young kids are going to get is, oh, we've been enslaved most of our lives. Oh, we're still enslaved. Oh, they treat us like we're slaves. They treat us like we're nothing. We're second-class citizens. And not really explaining to them why this may be. Because some of those, some of our young brothers and sisters do have a hunch that something is wrong. And as you can see, something is wrong. Because it's too frequent that our people are being treated the way that our ancestors have been treated or we have been treated as if we were debtors. And it is, there's a very, it does look like there's a big difference between a, a regular debtor and us being a debtor. Because, I mean, pretty much since we've been over here, we've been pretty much a debtor, you know. But, um, I mean, Brother Emmanuel, what do you think about the whole situation? If you had, have you seen the uh, video or heard anything about the video, brother?
Brother Emmanuel? Nah, I haven't had the opportunity to um, see that video yet. No problem. Brother Andrew, have you seen the video? Shalom, brother. Yeah, I've seen the video. My thoughts upon that is, um, you know, it's real, real disturbing to see. Hold on, can I be heard? Yes, yes, you can. Okay, I'm in the public right now, so I, I can barely hear myself. But it's real disturbing to, um, really disturbing to see that video and in the manner and how it happened because, like, she ain't that much older than my niece, you know what I'm saying? And, yo, as far as what I'm being told, that he was even a police officer, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know the full details of the story. I'm only going to have to hear it. But as far as what I was told, he wasn't even a police officer. He was just an officer that was mainly for the, the district of that, of that within, the, within the borders of that school. And, um, yeah, I know the fact that at the end of the day, it is sad. So it's not... You know, they know that if they can do it and they can justify themselves underneath the law, that they're going to go ahead and do it. You know, um, I'm not blaming them. I'm not having no hate towards them, but that's a fact. Them officers know that they can justify themselves underneath certain statutes and they're going to do that. And they're going to exercise their rights. And I don't know... I didn't, I couldn't really hear anything, but um, one thing I do know is for a fact that our, our, our people, when it comes to them hearing something that they don't want to hear, they get they give attitude. Regardless if it's right or wrong, they give attitude. And I always tell my youth, and I say, listen, whenever anybody's telling you something, Listen, it don't matter who it is from, once it is right, you listen, even if you don't want to hear. Because a lot of times we be hearing the right thing, just because the tone is wrong, we take it the wrong way. You know, and we tell them to listen, and that's not very difficult for those who don't have the proper instructions. It's very difficult for those who don't know the proper order. You know, and that's you know that's the reason why was that Proverbs one and eight makes mention that you know you have to uh, hear the hear the instruction of our father and keep the law of our mother. Is that I hear. Yes, sir, brother. Sister Crystal from Florida. Are I'm here, brother. I'm here. Have you um? Have you heard anything? Well, have you seen the video? And if you've seen the video, uh, can you share with us your thought on it or anything surrounding it? Uh, yeah, um, I did. I saw the video. I didn't see it with. Um, well, actually, I did. I saw it twice. I saw it without audio and with audio. But um, from what I read, this was a a school resource officer. 
I guess, who had a history. Actually, I think he said, like, a couple open investigations, and he had a reputation of, I think they called him the slam cop or, or something like that. Like, he had a history of, of, of slamming people. Um, but I did, and also it said that, I guess, the, the young lady wasn't participating in class, and I guess, you know, the proper protocol is for them to remove the student from the class if they're not participating. Um, but I did find the way he snatched her out of the desk. Um, I mean, it was really aggressive. You know, I understand, and you know, when you're in that position and you're being told to do something, it, it seems like, I think it's clear right now, it seems to be in your best interest to try to follow suit. Um, but I did find that he was extremely aggressive. Um, he kind of came in with an authoritative attitude already, almost like he was waiting. So um, I found that to be just a little bit disturbing because it, it is a child. Um, but, I mean, I think, you know, once again, it just, as I'm reading the responses, you know, the same thing is the same questions are being asked, you know, why why do they do this to us? Why do they feel it's okay to do, do this to us? And, you know, I'm rather new, so I'm just learning. Um, and so now looking at it with the, with these eyes, like, you know, we're debtors, you know, and, and they look at us this way, it kind of just sheds new light on it. Um, and it also just kind of highlights, you know, how, ignorant of these things we really are because nobody like chooses to just suffer you know what I mean so right. <laughs> um seeing it now just it just kind of illuminates the whole thing for me and right. that are you thank you thank you sister it, <laughs> that is true it does be you know looking at that video from these particular eyes as the sister did say, it does make you look at it in a way like, like, we see what's going on. Do we really know what's going on? And, like, I'm looking at the situation, even, not, you know, because I didn't really hear the audio. I, I I saw it without audio. I didn't hear what was actually going on. Um, and I, And I, like, the sister did read that, they did, you know, he is under investigation. He is, uh, they called him the slam cop. They also uh, stated that the young lady was an orphan. Um, and uh, I don't know how this necessarily furthers her case uh, of her being right, but what I do see um, is that this situation is going to be kind of like, as if it hasn't already been added to all the previous situations that we've seen thus far within uh, last year of our brothers and sisters being shot down in the classroom or manhandled or stopped for no reason or hassled for no reason. Well, they, if the reasons they have been stopped, we've been not, we have not been able to really understand. But we do understand the relationship that we have with this country. And so that may be that may help us to understand partially why we would be stopped. You know, whether we're driving or whether we're walking, whether we're in a public place or whether we're in a private place. You know, looking at the you know situation with that young lady in the officer, it just kind of shows us you know how 
And in mind, you know, we live in a modern time. It kind of just opens your mind up to what it was like when our ancestors walked this same walk. Even though we don't live, we they, you know, we live in a more materialized society. We have more laws, more policies, and all these other different things. But regardless if there was more or less policies, you can still see with any policy a law put in place, if our people were debtors, you can see the relationship that we would have had under those particular laws with the people who set them. So it's like, you know, it is mind-boggling, but from being here, it's like you now start to understand that there's a science behind all of this. That science necessarily is written in those scriptures. And they clearly just out, and, you know, being that the scriptures kind of just laid a foundation for, you know, what happens to debtors <laughs> and what happens to transgressors. So, you know, I, I just saw the video and I was just thinking to myself, like, man, that is, that is the treatment of a debtor. This is what happens when you become a debtor. And this is a sister, by the way. So, um, Brother Eric and Sister Crystal, what do you guys think about the video if you did get the chance to see it? Shalom. Uh, he just, you know, I just think he over he overstepped his boundaries to me because uh, he's supposed to be trained to have a situation like this. Whether yeah. or not the young lady was uh, hostile or whatever, he... He still is supposed to be trained for a situation like this, you know, with that. I mean, I mean you, you. Oh, oh no, you're, go ahead, brother. I apologize. No, it's all right. With that, are you? You sure, brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to, I'll wait. I'll wait because it's a uh, question you, to you. Oh, okay. I was, it was, it was kind of on this notion because you did say something I just thought was really interesting. You said that they're supposed to be trained to, uh, they're supposed to be trained on how to actually deal with these particular types of situations, and that's very, very true. But I wonder, what do, you, do you think that within their training, they're taught a specific way on how to deal with people like us? Because I noticed that anytime and and this is just observation that as any time we are we come into contact with uh law enforcement, we are approached as the aggressive type. We are looked at as if we're already the transgressors, we're already the you know, we're all not necessarily transgressors, but we're already looked as if we're just ready to strike the cop, even though we're, you know, we're, 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 we may be still. We may not even be talking back. And you do have some people who do get all mouthy and stuff like that. But even if that isn't the case, they are, do you feel like they are trained to handle us in particular uh, way? Uh I, I I ain't gonna say that. I, I mean, cause you have to understand that it's uh it's some of our people uh got the same job title too, 
And and when it when it come down to to that, uh, the young man who choked the girl, he he was a carcazoid, but at the same time, he he go with a, a negroid. Oh wow! And 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 uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it like that. I just say it the way they was raised, you know, because that more like a personal issue. Racism racism is more like a personal issue than I say than a uh, I say a talk issue. You know, with that idea. Yes, I This is Crystal. Um, yes. In response to that question, I would just say this goes back to an article that we talked about a while back um, down in Florida where at the one of the gun ranges that the police officers went to to practice, the actual pictures that they were shooting were black males. Right. So I would say it just depends, I guess, where you are and what precinct you're in and just what area you live in. I think sometimes they do profile and target uh, people of color. Um, but I just think more and more we're just seeing that the police officers are the actual thugs and criminals. They're just coming out and they're just showing their true colors. I, I recently read an article where this police officer had been driving without a driver's license since 1990. And how he got caught was he was drinking and driving. And all they did was suspend his license. Um, well, not suspend his license because he didn't hear anything, but they found him for $2,000 and uh, gave him like a 90 or nine-month probation or something like that. So I, we're just seeing more and more of the police officers coming out just showing who they really are in most cases. And with that, I use. Yeah, that is, I, you know what, I did uh, remember that that article that, um, and you guys talking about how they uh, was at the shooting range and they had um, uh, profiles of uh, people of color and all of those other different things there so I mean we can consider that you know but I guess the overall thing is to understand the position because I'm pretty sure, but I don't know what these people are like outside of their jobs. And you have to understand that each job or public uh, administration or agency that serves under this. No, well, I was just about to. Hello? I have a question. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Back in the um, antiquity or back in the ancient days of Old Testament, when the leopards or the, um, you know, the leopards and what was the other ones, the uh, alpamas or whatever, when they was um, put outside the camp because of their disease and stuff, were they not treated a certain way, uh, you know, because of what they were, you know, plagued with? I would think that that same character or same nature of what they learned from us it makes them want to feel like they need to alienate us and be more harsher with us because of our status. Would that not be a possible case? You know, uh, and then I, I was thinking the same thing that Sister Crystal had said was that they, you know, down in Florida, they was using um, target guns. And then, too, a lot of times I believe that they could meet privately and discuss the nature and the character and the behavior of us. So, you know, and then and then it's a psychological thing, and then they, you know, when they're confronted with us, children or adults or what have you, it kind of like they kind of black out and, and, and think of those things. So could it be 
that because we were treat them a certain way and we were like that, that that would, you know, stem on them now? I yield. Yes, Brother Shedrick, can I? Yes, ma'am. This is this Sister Crespo. Can I add to what um, Ima Yarucha said? Well, certainly. Um, I've seen a few documentaries with, like, ex-cops talking, and one of the things that always stood out to me was um, there there was a certain level of fear that some of them had simply because, you know, kind of like it, you know, if they did sit around and talk about the nature and of, of of us and, you know, these things, um, it seemed like the fear was that because of this inherent nature they believe we have, um, their life was in danger. So it created like they were saying how it created this extra level of aggression where they would have to felt like they needed to subdue our people and kind of keep them in that place because there was a greater risk of losing their life. So there was a certain level of fear um, that they had. And I personally, just based on those documentaries, it seemed like there is a a particular culture in law enforcement um, around, you know, how they were going to deal with youth going into these particular neighborhoods. Um, And they all kind of went in, even in some of them being so fearful that they would shoot up on drugs just to kind of be, you know, out of their mind so that they could deal with our people. And with that, I yield. Hmm. That is interesting. And, and if I may ask to like that, manifest, if I could. Manifest destiny. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. Because when you think about it, I was, um, I was watching also another documentary that a sister did, a sister that um, majored in um, psychology, and she was the one that diagnosed the post traumatic slavery syndrome. I don't know if any of you and I I can't forget I can't remember her name right now, forgive me because I'm claiming at the same time. But we have to understand that they even went as far as in psycho uh in, in um psychology books to define what our nature was or was expected to be. So if anyone has not come in contact on a personal level, um, on a day-to-day level, with interacting with us, and it's kind of sad that we got to even speak about it in this type of manner. It's, like, really sad. But, you know, sometimes I deal with it every day in, in, in my line of work. They're not exactly sure what to expect because there's so much propaganda uh, around so much stigma around how we're expect, expected automatically perceived on how to behave. And, you know, in some cases I can't be mad at them because some of us actually do live up to the stigma. stigma. You know, especially a lot of our kids that don't know how to behave and aren't being taught how to behave like well-mannered individuals behind closed doors or in public. Because if you're taught how to manner behind closed doors, you can't help but to, you know, perpetuate those manners outside of the house once you get outside of the house. 
And it seems like there's been a big breakdown in parenting. And I know why there's been a big breakdown in parenting, because there's been a lot of government infiltration within our homes. The government coming in and telling us how and when and in what manner that we should be able to discipline our children. We had the extended community mentality. We had that. When I was growing up, you know, my aunt watched me as a youngster, but when I would go outside on 133rd and 221st and I was hanging with Camille, my friend Camille, and I was out by Miss Brammer's house, if I did something inappropriate, Miss Brammer could let in on me. And once Miss Brammer let in on me and she let my Aunt Carrie know exactly what I was doing, Aunt Carrie would let in on me. And then if she got back to my mother, then it's another problem because then when I get home, I'm grounded. So there was a certain mindset that we had as a community growing up that we've lost. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's part us, but then it's also part of our own um of government infiltrations within our homes. And with that, I yield. Hmm. Man, that was deep. All three of these sisters just basically gave a breakdown of what exactly is going on in our community and how, how it's not necessarily our community, but how our government would function or how we would function in our government. And most of it is definitely true. And, you know, whether whether there are laws that are placed against us, we kind of feed into that as well because, again, we have to decide whether or not we're going to follow those laws and then not necessarily just laws, but we're going, we have to decide whether or not we're going to uh, perpetrate some of the customs or culture associated with those laws within this government. I want to share something with you guys I saw a couple of days ago, and this pretty much falls right in with Sister with what Sister Nisha had spoke on. This guy, he was speaking about hip-hop the other day, and he said, I just thought it was really interesting, Bust out and said, it's amazing how hip-hop has changed. He said, hip-hop is nothing like how it used to be. He said, in fact, hip-hop has become a parody because hip-hop, he said that before uh, when hip-hop was what it was, we you have brothers who were rapping and uh, uh, speaking about, you know, things in the community, the community talking about uh, social issues with the community and talking about how to change those things, and they spent pretty much half of their career trying to convince the people who had already stigmatized them that they weren't the thugs and the belligerents that they were making them out to be. And lo and behold, it's 2015, and we have pretty much become the epitome of what the people have pretty much stigmatized against us so many years ago. We pretty much become caricatures of the culture that was propagandized against us. We became the mammies. We became the thugs. We became the roofians. We became the drug dealers. We became the thieves. 
we became the 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 so-called liberals that they always you know you know thought that we were we became every we became the the, the female dogs the the whores the sluts you know the transgressors and all the accusations became true mm-hmm. it was like it was a spell being put on us and we fought so hard you know so many years through hip hop music to try to convince these people who were stigmatizing us that we were not those things. And we chose hip-hop because that was our only real outlet after so many years of oppression. But now, Shalom, shalom brother. We, shalom. Oh. Yes, sir. Oh, no, no, no. I thought I was on mute. No, no problem. No, no problem. We chosen to... We've chosen to... We we chose to not become those things, but now look at what our generation has become. Right. And it's made now that the stigma the stigma has become true and it has become light and life. Now it has just made it that much easier for this beast to perform some of the most heinous crimes that they have done against us, and it'd be rightfully so because. Now we gave those words like thugs and 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 sluts and all these other different things. We gave it life. And so, what do you do with these thugs and these sluts and these whores and bedwinches and all these okay. other? You castrate them. You distrain them. You 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 disrespect them. You you kill them. You beat them. You you know you like you do these things to these particular entities because these things are worthless. Like these are worthless entities, and Free said this. He, uh, he said this so many times this year. We gave the word "nigger" a very bad name. I mean, as if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't already an ugly name before, would before they used it. Well, we pretty much gave it a bad name now because of the way that our people have become. Before then, that was a title of nobility. Now. It's a title of disgrace. And so we have become the niggas that we always hated. And they idolize it. Shalom. Yes, sir, brother. Uh uh, uh back I I'm gonna just piggyback on what you said, uh when the when the rappers was rapping back then, uh they was fighting against Oprah Winfrey and Montel Williams and all that. You know, 'cause uh they was pushing that issue that they were thugs. It was uh, Oprah. That's how she got really got rich, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, she was saying the N-word, you know, we shouldn't be, you know. Well, basically it was just a battle uh, between yeah. the talk show hosts and the rappers. And it was uh, Oprah Winfrey and Montel Williams against, you know, our other brother who was on the street telling them, you know, telling us, but giving us really positive uh, lyrics. With that idea. And you know what? I didn't really even think about it like that because I saw the forces. I mean, even now, I'm, you know, I'm still young, but I can definitely see, you know, growing up during the 90s, uh, very young, I could still see where the media was using these brothers and sisters, you know, uh, Montel and uh, Oprah to kind of get the idea that, hey, you know, our black peoples are thugs. 
hey, our black people's a whore, you know, and these are our own brothers and sisters, but the media was using them. It was, it was a, it was, a, I guess you could say, a two-way interest. They get more ratings on their shows, and the people who sponsor them can basically be right about what it is that they were trying to push out there about their propaganda po- uh, uh, campaign. We were and the thugs and the sluts, you know? And further dividing, dividing oh, yeah. the community. Oh, that's yeah. not me. I'm not like them. Yeah. I'm this way. Yeah. You know? Um and just to think about it, just like NWA is really where it started at. So I was, thought it was really ironic that they sat there and made a movie about NWA. I'm saying to myself, NWA, why not Public Enemy? Why right. not, you know, Boogie Down Productions? Uh, why not, um, you know, Cool Hurt or or DJ Red Alert or Video Music Box, Ralph McDaniels or you know, and that whole movement and what it was really about because back then, I mean, we had, we had, um, I can't remember any you look so good, but ain't my type of hype, baby. Who was that? Force and D's. I mean, they were dissing, I mean, if you had a weave, they were dissing you. If you wore tight clothes, they were dissing you. Like, it, if you did drugs, they were making fun of you. If you sold drugs, they were telling you you were whack. If you didn't do your schoolwork, they were telling you you were a bum. <laughs> now everything is reversed. So it's definitely propagandized. It's definitely premeditated mm-hmm. and planned. It most definitely well, you know, here's something I thought that I should bring to you guys' attention because I've been seeing it the last couple of days. And this, this is going to show you that the tides are kind of turning now because mm-hmm. where you start to see where the media was starting to, you know, have these puppets, you know, from our community working to their advantage. Now the people are starting to speak out about it. You have two people, Don Lemon and Raven Simone, who oh. have now had online petitions against them. Don Lemon has now been petitioned against to be removed from CNN, and there is a petition now from for Barbara Walters to remove oh. Raven Simone. From that, uh, from the view or the, the view. Room. I think she got yeah. fired already. She's still on that show. Cause she she is? Wow. Yeah, cause as a matter of fact, there was a video that was that came out a couple of uh, days afterwards. Uh, Ann Coulter, I can't remember who, what her name is, the Caucasoid. They were at they were at the table. They were all talking, and the lady was talking. I can't, what was she saying? about how Donald Trump was correct about the whole immigration uh the whole immigration reform about how immigrants need to be in their own country and all this other different stuff and how she thought he was correct. And so Reverend Simone busted out and said, Well my mommy told me that if you didn't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say anything at all. Now, 
I don't really, a lot of people are saying they don't really agree with Ann Coulter, but that day it was hilarious because Ann Coulter mm-hmm. put it in place. The lady bust out at this caucus or bust out and told Raven Simone, she was like, that, she was like, what did she say? Well, that's funny coming from the likes of you because I'm not the one who's sitting here telling people what their name should be, uh, calling their name ghetto, talking about you and hiring them, or something of that nature. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I just thought it was hilarious because prior to that, it was Raven Simone bust out and said, I wouldn't hire anybody with a ghetto Africanized name. What? Right. Waterman, Waterman, Waterman Dre or something like that. Like she, she thought it was hilarious, and mm-hmm. it was just like crazy. But a lot of people are saying now that, that well, not a lot of people are saying there's an online petition, and at this particular point, I think it's anywhere between for Don Lemon when I last saw it, it was like seventeen thousand three hundred people signed mm-hmm. the petition to have removed. Uh, they were stating that. Ever since the whole uh, uh, Trayvon Martin issue, he's been uh, portraying African Americans in a very negative light, and so has Raven Simone. Raven Simone had basically stated that, you know, she shouldn't have been on her phone and she shouldn't have been in school. I mean, she she shouldn't have been on her phone and she should follow the rules. And that warranted her to slam and all this other different And I think a lot of people want to say she was wrong for saying that, but I'll say that it was not wrong for her to say that. Everything is a cause and effect, you know. But um, what we have to understand is that, and, and I feel like just looking at the fact that people are petitioning these people, it just goes to show you that now, there's a, a there's a force working against there's a force in this government now. You have people who are like now they want to set the record straight. They want to basically say no, we're not gonna let anybody try to tell us who we are because we're tired. You know, and I mean we are tired, but are we tired enough to let this government go? Right. That to be one of the issues that we're having because. It always goes back to where are we going to go or we need more leaders or we need someone who's going to represent us. Where are our black leaders? Where are our, uh, our, our politicians and all of those other different things? And, you know, these things comes up, but um, there's a, there's a, the tides are actually turning. Um, we'll probably see more and more people coming up with more petitions Hopefully, they're for all the right reasons. But just the fact that people are starting to exercise the whole petitioning thing, I just think it's beautiful. So we need to be a little bit more focused on what it is that we're trying to achieve with the petitions. Because they have Don Lemon, which I really don't, I don't really care for him that much. Uh, have him removed because he doesn't portray uh African Americans in the right light. I'm just like, well, I mean, he's one of the very many people who don't portray us in the uh in black African Americans so called in the right light. And I mean and most of them are caucasoids. So I mean if you're gonna write a petition for Don Lemon, you better uh try to write a petition for the whole CNN. I mean, <laughs> cause it's always a slander campaign against African Americans on CNN or on uh MSNBC or 
Fox News of all people. I mean, we get it. We get all. We get it uh, tooth and nail there, you know. So the petition should be for the company, you know. But um, it just goes to show you with what's really going on around us. We definitely need to be aware of these particular things. Um, I'll open up the floor now for anything else that anybody wants to address that they've seen um, as of lately. Uh, the floor is open. Shalom, up. Yes, sir. I'll hear it. I was just I was just reading this article. It say, uh, "New York City EMT suspended without pay for leaving ambulance to aid choking girl." Now this this uh one of us, our brother uh, Kawasi Reed, a New York emergency medical technician, says he was suspended for trying to save a seven year old girl from choking on her lunch. Reed and his partner was transporting a patient when they were flagged down by a frantic man who said the girl was choking. Reed jumped out of the ambulance and administered first aid on the girl, and he was uh, suspended because they said that was against company policy to make a stop without being called. With that, I yield. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so he got suspended because he tried to go out of his way, which wasn't in the circumference of the job description, to help somebody who was choking on their lunch. Yes. He got flagged down by somebody, and, they, they, and you know, he, he went and helped them, and they suspended him without pay. Did the person he was transporting die or something? No, no, no. She didn't. They didn't. They didn't die. It, it, it wasn't no serious, you know, transport. You were just moving them from hospital to hospital. Wow. Hmm. You need to stop the ambulance. I'm telling you. Man. No more knocking stuff down, please. Does anybody have anything they want to? Uh, so long, this is Sister Crystal. Um, yes, on the flip side of that is, you know, you're a doctor or you're a person that has a CPR and all this type of skills, and you see somebody in need, then you can be sued for not assisting that person. Right. So it's, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Makes no sense. But that are you. <laughs> wow. Man, oh, man. Salam, so you know, essentially... Um, I, I came across somebody and I told them that uh, the main thing with our people in this day and time is we don't know how to contract, we don't know the importance of contracting, we don't know how to operate through contract. And, you know, based off of what was being said, the stipulations, that individual didn't comprehend the stipulations of the contract, you know. You know, that individual didn't probably didn't look into reading it. He probably just signed his paper. Ah, shoot, I'm getting my ET pay now. You know, I'm getting my EMT pay now. You know, and I hear him. I'm not, yeah, and I hear him. I mean, that would be an awesome person to be, be able to sanction for the nation <laughs> as an EMT for the nation on his time off. Um, right. That is ridiculous. 
to me, that's just absolutely asinine. It doesn't make sense. He was on the job operating within his job parameters. The person he was transporting didn't have a life-threatening situation to where he had to rush them to the next place. What's the problem? What's the problem? I mean, you know, that's that's something for his lawyers. Um, it's definitely something for his lawyers. I wish I was more versed in law. I'd probably reach out to him like, let's go get him, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Word. I mean, come on. If you look at, it's almost like, see, and this is going back to what we were talking about with the the hip-hop industry and how we glamorize the negative aspect of that word. And at this point, we even have other nationalities referring to themselves as that word. And we even have other ethnicities behaving in such a fashion that is uncivilized, savage. Um, and bestial. So basically, we help the beast with his work. Because not only, I mean, I had a, I shared a video of these two um, girls, these two, um, I, can't, I don't know if they were Caucasian or if they were Hispanic, but this off, they got into a fender bender with this off-duty officer, and he was playing clothes. And so they drive away from the scene of the accident because this guy starts getting irate. So they drive away to get away from him, and he follows them. He tracks them down, and then he starts to accost and assault one of the females. And he's screaming, I'm police, I'm police. And this guy, instead of helping or, you know, trying to really, I guess his idea of helping was breaking out his camera and starting to record. But he breaks out his camera, he starts to record, and the officer, like, he's in plain clothes now, never shows a badge, never anything, never, um, I guess you can say, identifies himself as an officer of the law besides stating that he's an officer of the law, but he has no distinguishing identification that would prove that he was actually an officer of the law, so this girl is, like, fighting for her life because she thinks somebody is trying to basically accost her and kidnap her. So it gets to the point where he slams the girl's head up against the fender of his car. So then at that point, because this gentleman is sitting there, he's just recording, but he's not helping to de-escalate the situation at this point, the girl's sister jumps in, like, get off my sister, get off my sister, and finally helps her sister break free. They run, and they jump in the car and drive off. So, you know, now this is another situation. I mean, should she have driven off in the first place from a fender no, she should not have. That's hit and run. And then at the same token, should the guy have laid his paws on her without identifying himself properly so that she knows 
who she's dealing with, you know? But he'll be reprimanded probably verbally, but she's going to she's gonna spend some either some time from community service or some time behind bars, one of the two. Um, and with that, I yield. Elimination. Yes, sir. You know, you know, up on that, uh, I, I dug deep in that uh, that EMT story, and it says, uh, unfortunately, Reed efforts appear to have been vain. Oh, well, I can go back a little further. Uh, when he got there, he said nobody was assisting CPR on the girl. She turned uh, blue in the face. Uh, she had no response, unconscious, unresponsive. Uh, after he cleared her mouth, he made a vow to save her life. If he had to jump out of the ambulance again, he'd do it again. Uh, unfortunately, she, uh, the girl, Neolia, at Chabaria, had been declared brain dead and is on a ventilator in the hospital in Manhattan. And her family is keeping her alive right now as we speak. With that, I yield. Man, that's... Boy, oh boy. I think that this particular point, you know, this is Babylon. (laughs) This is the land of confusion because it, I mean, if this isn't the epitome of confusion, I don't know what is. Here you have someone who felt like it was his duty to protect and serve. So you go and you try to assist somebody who could be choking on food and could possibly die from it. Whereas then you have law enforcement who is actually supposed to protect and serve who says, I'm not going to preserve the light. I want to either take it away because I have the power to. And it is, I guess you can say, it's using the power within your particular office or your uh, particular, uh, uh, I guess you could say, within the particular job description to do something that you would go above and beyond your job description, but therefore, depending on who you are, and you exercise those powers above and beyond, you can either do more harm than good or more good than, uh, you know, uh, harm, I guess you can say. And it's always, you can always express in all these things, but I Particular point, man. Looking at that whole situation with that brother, you know, we know he meant well, but obviously the people felt like for some reason it wasn't his call, it wasn't his job to do that. Even though it was his job to protect and serve, he has a job to do as a public servant to make sure that if somebody is under his watch is about to die, you got to do your best. To save him, I'm, you know, it almost, and I hate to sound so shallow, to, I mean, you know, sound so shallow in our answers, but, hey, I'm going to ask it anyway. What would happen if he had did it and he was white? 
I mean, would he have lost his job then? I mean, would he have been considered a hero for saving somebody's life? You know, like, that is what made me ask the question. That's what's going to make me, that's the question I'm going to ask. You know, had he been white, would he have gotten that same treatment? I don't know. But, I mean, I'm just thinking that's crazy that that brother had to lose his job because he decided to help somebody as opposed to taking someone's life. But, uh, again, man, I just feel like this is it, you know. Um, We're going to see more of this stuff, and this is going to definitely – help us to understand what it is that we're dealing with and so that how we can better deal with our own lives or uh, perfect our, well, not necessarily perfect our lives, but how to exercise the law that are presented in those books so that we can, I guess you could say, balance this system out because obviously this system is toppling over fast. Yeah. Yeah, toppling over real, real fast. I mean, you can. I mean, you can see it. It's it's a, it's but, uh, a but, uh, cancer. It's and it's it's metastasizing really quickly. Yes, sir, brother. Most definitely, this system is dropping fast. That's a real note because, like, for the past few days, I past few like for the past two weeks, I've been. Noticing when I'm traveling now, going on out to um, the institution that I attend to at the moment in time, what they call college, every time I pass somebody, they're always striking. The union's always on strike. Teachers always on strike. They're not going to end up teaching because they feel like they ain't getting paid. And there ain't no money to be issuing now for them to be getting paid. And that's been going on for the past, that's been going on for the past, six, seven months on and off. But for the past two weeks, it's been going on consistently. And then, and you know, it's been going on consistently, but the thing is, it's not been hitting the news like that until until the past few, three, four days. It's been hitting the news every morning. Every morning, they're talking about teachers are going to be taking shifts. Teachers are going to be taking shifts to be striking um, you know, nurses are going to be doing. They're not going to be dating the. They're not going to be dating the, the. The I don't even know what you call it. They're not. Yeah, they're not going to be dating the patients as often as it's supposed to be dating the patients. Like, what kind of madness is that? Okay. Not dating the patients. How often you're supposed to be dating the patients? That's disgusting. That's wrong. Like that's crazy. You know, but. If that is not signification that this system known as Babylon is dropping, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if I may, that kind of goes back to making me think of what you guys was talking about when I first came on the phone with the little girl that got dragged out of her seat by the officer. There was another article pertaining to that occurrence, um, how that the girl that got dragged out of the chair was being sentenced for, I think, public disruption or something like that. She could serve some juvenile time. And then the girl 
that wanted to help her that actually videotaped it, um, she's also being charged so she could end up uh, serving some jail time. So then the article was about stopping the school-to-prison pipeline, which I thought was very, very interesting because there was a judge that was just sentenced to, I think, 28 years for, you know, doing human uh, humans for cash is sending juveniles to jail, you know, so they can be free labor for these corporations on minor charges. And uh, they were talking about how, you know, we we need to stop this pipeline from schools, you know, and that the kids, you know, the, the, the administration are now calling law enforcement to help to, to, to take over the disciplinary uh, actions for the school so that they don't have to deal with it. But then when you look at it, a little Hello? And the sister, are you there? No? I think she might have dropped the call by accident. Yeah, I think she called drop. I got, okay. I got, Salama, I got another little, it's a United Airlines uh, make disabled man crawl off the flight. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's going on with my phone. Um, it just cut me off. Did I interrupt something? Oh, no, ma'am. I was just saying that it's, it's really sad. It's almost like they're trying to implement a no snitching policy against police. Even if the police are doing something wrong, you don't videotape them because if you videotape them doing something wrong, you can be sent to jail just for disrupting the peace. And they're trying to instill it in our kids young. They're trying to instill um, uh, to obey authority even when authority is wrong which makes me think what other laws could they possibly be passing or moving towards the path because of the way in which government and law enforcement are interacting with the people, which makes me think of something Brother Trevon and I were talking about earlier today that um, Brother Cedric had uh, posted um, the the article about China relieving the debt to um, the impoverished third world countries across the world, and then them also um, lending them like two million dollars for development to help develop um, these countries. And I don't know if you had a chance to, Minister Cedric, take a look on the the. Um, the site blog, anybody on the line, I would recommend to go onto the university, um, click um, blogs, no, site pages, and then click blog site. And um, Ima Yarut has some really interesting stuff up there. Minister Cedric has some really interesting articles and um, excerpts from books up there. And then I posted some videos 
I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the video about uh, titled What's Going On in California. I don't know if you guys had a, a chance to look at that, but it kind of t- ties into the article that you had posted on, on, on China and them um, relie- relieving the debts of these impoverished countries and giving them capital. And I do understand that this is a jubilee year, but I'm wondering also because of that video with what's going on in California and I see them trying to implement public policies to force people into specific kind of housing, and they told the people basically in that video, we have to get used to the new way of life is going to be the Asian way of life, where we have the extended family living with us. Instead of talking about quality of life, we're now focused on quality of space. That's going to be our new focus. And so they're trying to push California residents from into getting rid of their cars and um, moving into these communities where they have these so-called amenities at close range where they can walk to everything because they said the new way of life is going to be the Asian way of life. So I'm just wondering, they're releasing this, releasing this debt and they're giving aid, but what's the catch? And with that question, I yield. That is interesting. You know, when I posted that article, sister, I didn't really think about that particular question coming into mind because, again, when you're dealing with, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, commerce and you're talking about lending money or crediting money, uh, the secured party, which is the person who's lending the money, definitely wants something in return. So, you know, are they are are they going to, and I hope not, but again, we don't know because they did learn from the United States anyway. Are they going to be implementing the same exact model for uh, loaning uh, these third world countries that was implemented in this international monetary system, or are they going to be a little bit more giving? Because they have the funds, you understand what I'm saying? Like uh, China, pretty much they they have funds, not like they necessarily need it. It's not like the United States necessarily needs it either. Because as far as I'm concerned, you know, Priest had admitted, uh, had uh, stated that was it the uh, international bankers admitted that they've been printing money out of thin air forever. So I mean, they'll always have money if they if that's what they're going to keep doing, printing money out of thin air. They'll never be broke especially in society. Um, but when you're dealing with China, I mean, it's, uh, are they really going to be forgiving these debts? If they are, I think that's, a, I think that's awesome. You know, um, who knows what may actually come out of it, but that is something that we should, you know, uh, consider if you're talking about China. You know? Right. Hmm. I'm not too, like, stoked about it because I'm also seeing, like, these, uh, somebody posted another video about these uh, new jade, this jade helm exercises that they're they're running and that their new facility had been opened up in a Southern California region and they were showing, like, these coffins, like, you know, when Alex Jones or had did that, uh, 
documentary on Atlanta when they were showing the coffins stacked upon each other. Well, the same thing is set up in Southern California, but they have the coffins stacked upon each other, and then they have the the military. They have tanks, rows and rows of tanks, and then they have the the Hummers, the Humvees, rows and rows of Humvees. And then I saw another article about um, the UN uh, and the United States formed a, like a global police, a global policing. Um, task force. So I'm saying to myself, like, okay, well, the UN never had its own army before. Well, they got one now. And I'm seeing these, these jade helm exercises going on, and we see these FEMA camps going up, like, and and they're talking about um, uh, another thing is said in that documentary about what's going on in California. They said, well, we're, we have to start getting um, prepared for they're saying a certain amount of people were going to my, you know, were going to be living in these new um, residential um, structures that they're building. And so one of the community people, one of the ladies raised her hand and she said, you know, I have a question. She was like, you know, because you're saying, you know, we're preparing for all these, ex, you know, 40 million people or something like that. You're saying that are going to occupy these 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 new places. But she was like, people are moving out of California, and you know, um, businesses are moving out of California. And she said, people are not having as many children. They're taking them out of the school. So I'm I'm wondering, where are these people coming from? Which is an excellent question. Where are these people coming from that we're supposed to be preparing for? And if Brother Priest says there's all of these towns that are vacant across the Midwest, mm-hmm. why are they vacant? Um, and if the citizens are, you know, the unemployment rates are going up, mm. where are these new jobs coming from? And you're inviting people in? Like, so... I don't know. I don't know. This this sounds really fishy. Very fishy. Um, well, I'll say this. At this particular point, sister, if you got to kind of expect the unexpected with this government. I mean, you never really know what exactly they're going to do. But at this point, they feel like, is you know, they have everything to lose. Because they built this whole kingdom on lies, and they have to protect. Because at this particular point, is all they have. I mean, once they've been subdued, they go back to nothing. Can you imagine going back to nothing? Nothing but a a a, a second class servant leper. <laughs> I mean. I mean, because they will be converted back into who they really are, and once they're converted back into who they really are, what will they be able to inherit outside of them being debtor? Nothing. And they're lucky they aren't so far removed that they have to be killed just so that they don't have to be stranded anywhere. Because I'm saying to myself, I mean, once they are removed or especially moved from power, what do you do with people like that? I mean, they don't have anything, you know. So, I mean, I just sit back and I just watch. 
But the more I watch, it's like, like these people are building and building and building, but they don't realize that they're building for, I mean, maybe they do. They're building for their own demise. They're building for their own demise and shortcoming, and they're also building for the, the rightful owners to come and sit on the throne. You know, like there's two things happening at one time because it was already predestined. And so that's the way that it should be looked at. But when we're looking at the current state of the United States today, um, it's one of those things where you just kind of like, man, like, what are they doing now? You know, because we know at this particular point, it's not to any, it's not to the citizens or the outsiders benefit because we're going to be the bystanders of it all. We're just going to have, like, not have to, but we'll be sitting by and we'll be watching. You know, so... Um, I, I I have to say, sisters, like you just expect the unexpected with this beast. <laughs> that's what you know. That's what has to happen. You just have to expect the unexpected, where we just move accordingly, you know, and we just move within the parameters that have been set forth for us, you know, because as long as we are practicing this particular type of government. I mean, we should have no problem, and we're not going to have any problem, you know. So, um, moving along, or does anybody else have anything they want to add on to what the sister was saying? I want to make sure everybody Yes, but Andrew, I know yeah. I can't really speak upon what's happening in the States as adequate as y'all is, you know, but I know out in... Um, Canada, what they're really trying to push right now, the agenda for like the next five years is to start erecting construction upwards instead of like the mass. Instead of uh, you want, they're trying to condense all the, the areas, mainly start putting in more buildings, putting in more apartments, um, redeveloping the area. <clears throat> Redeveloping the area where nobody doesn't have to leave the area for whatever it is that they're trying to Wow. But it stays within their own area, and that's the, that's what they're trying to push. And they're then they're trying to they're trying to pass it off with all these new titles like passive homes, passive designs, becoming one with nature. Right. And you know, one thing I'm aware of is that the government will. One thing I'm aware of is that many governmental corporations, they will use the terms as beneficial to nature, um, natural design, even organic, as long as they're essentially benefiting from it, or they can find a way how they can benefit from it. That's wickedness, however you want to put it, because they're using righteous terms, right, uh, um, um, they have righteous, like the, the essence. They're they're bringing forth the, the they're bringing forth a view that is righteous, or essentially to be righteous, but they're covering it up with their own right. eyes. And nobody's not cutting them out on that. Either they don't know, and you know, if you don't know, the thing goes ignorance under law is no excuse. You know. I know I'm taking my. If I know if I'm if I know I'm taking my energy, whatever I go work, whatever the case may be, people get locked up for not doing income taxes. But 
then again, you got to do income taxes if you're a citizen. And when I go do my income taxes, and I know you taking that same income tax money and you offering it towards Vatican who's going up in little places and raping little children, boys and girls, and I'm supposed to go ahead and sanction that, or I'm supposed to go on ahead and agree with that? Well, obviously, if I know that that's happening, I've got to receive the same the type of judgment in which they're doing. And I'm not advocating it in no form or fashion. You know, so essentially, essentially as a people, we have to govern ourselves. Essentially, even those who are not with Chaga Nation, they're going to realize that they're going to have to govern their own selves. They yeah. can't be no corporation <clears throat> to do that for them because then that corporation is going to start defining their own perspective, defining their own liberty, defining what's right and what's wrong, defining their own words that is formed in their mental. You know, and essentially, you know, that individuals ought to define their own words that come out of their own mental and do not let other individuals define those words for them. Individuals ought to define their own words that come out of the mental and do not let other governments or other entities or other corporations define their own perspective. So, and um, I yield. Yes, sir. Matter of fact, oh, I must be on Matter of fact, Shalom, this is Brother Andrew. Did anybody, yeah. well, as I said, I can't really speak. Fine. In Canada, what had happened was um, they came out on the news. Yo, this hit me. They came out on the news. This one hit me like a flesh on to the chest when I heard that, when I heard this. They came out on the news and saying that processed meat is in the same category as smoke cigarettes. Wow. High risk of causing cancer. This is what they made mention on what news was it? Oh my goodness. Um yeah, I must say I can't remember. I think it was C B C news, but it's a well known news. A well known news in, it's a a well known T V news radio station in, in Canada. And they came out saying that eating processed, the, 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 the news article, the news reporter was saying, well, if you like eating bacon, you're not going to want to eat it no more. <laughs> and then they, they came out saying processed meat is actually considered, processed meat has been, looked, has been looked thoroughly by the World Health Organization in the same status, in, in the same criteria as smoking, and it's cancerous, and high potential to be cancerous towards human beings. That's what they that's what they said. Not in that same order, but they did use all those words. And, um, you know, it's funny because I know the information's out there. A lot of individuals, a lot of individuals, especially our people, they, they hear this information from us Israelites. <clears throat> But if it doesn't come from somebody that's highly recognized or somebody has high so-called rankings, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to accept it. It's, 
it's just like the scripture says, you know, they put their hands on their ears, blah, 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 I don't want to hear you. Ah. <laughs> but it's going to be a time where everybody is going to say, you know what, I remember that brother Angie, you know, he was always talking, even when I never wanted to hear him talk no more, he still talked. I remember brother Cedric, you know, I remember sister Anicia, you know, I remember Ima Yaru, you know, I remember brother Priest, I remember Charlie Avernation, you know. They always talk something, and it seems that they're talking a bunch of foolishness. It seems like they, they've gone crazy. They've gone mad talking about this lost stuff and the Bible. But they're going to come a time where they're going to remember that. And the internet probably won't even be around for them to be hearing them blog talk radio that, that we made. But as the saying goes, who can hear as a feel? Yeah. Yeah. Brother, are you there? Yes, brother. brother yes, brother, man. I'm here. You hear okay, me? I thought you, yes, sir. I thought you fell off. No, no. Oh, you didn't hear me? You didn't hear anything I said? Did anybody hear me? I heard you. Okay. No, I just said I yield. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, You spoke about... If I'm not mistaken, if I heard you clearly, you were speaking about something I had seen on Facebook, like, uh, was it the other day? It had been like Monday or something like that, and it was all over Facebook. They were talking about how they were saying that cancer, uh, that the, uh, was it those uh, processed meats and red meat or something like that? But they were saying right. that red meat was found to have human DNA in it. So the, the, the hot dog was uh, said yeah. to have human DNA in it, and the red meat was causing cancer. And it, it just goes to show you, man, it's, it's, it's good to start really examining what we eat, watching our diet, because, like, hearing that, it's just kind of like, it may it, it was such a relief to know that I had stopped eating red meat years ago <clears throat> and knowing that I you know, I wasn't just doing it just because. I was doing it because I knew that eventually it was gonna come a time where these things was gonna be announced. You know that they weren't good for consumption. Yeah. And it's sad that it's gotten to that point, but it, it has gotten there and we just have to again, we have to move accordingly. Because as times progress there's a lot of things that are going to be tainted that we are not going to be able to consume. But it just goes to show you that this government has taken nature and destroyed it. Like, they don't appreciate it at all. Because mm-hmm. you're taking something that was supposed to be utilized to study and not so much just study but there were things that were used for our consumption that were within the boundaries of our dietary laws that we can no longer be able to uh, eat. And these things were uh, needed or they were uh, put forth for us for a particular type of nutrition that our body may need. But, I mean, we can get that now from plants. But even the plants are becoming, uh, are becoming tainted, cyanide. And, and pesticides and all these other different things. So at this point, we have to choose between the greater of two evils. 
you know. Yeah, you know, this government has took everything precious about the earth and just decided that they can do better. It's like when they apply the... They want to be God. They want to be God. It is it's like when they couldn't apply when they couldn't necessarily outright just apply the eugenics program on us, you go and attack the very thing that would make nature what it is. And it's the plants and the animals. And when you do that, it says something about you that really does make you look it, it really does villainize these people. I'm not lying because I'm saying to myself, I said this plenty of times. If these people can't even cure HIV, how the hell are they going to serve you cured pork <laughs> and tell you it's cured? You can't even cure HIV or AIDS, but you can cure pork and then sell it to somebody. And this stuff is not even supposed to be consumed. And then they'll turn around and then they'll they'll paint the 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 fruits and the vegetables and and pass it through the <laughs> The, uh, the, the agricultural department is good for consumption. That's crazy, man. You are hard. These people are heartless. But another thing, more organizing heartless. You see, like that. I think that is the that's the paradox of it all. Or the oxymoron. Like they're organized, heartless people. Organized. It's wicked. Yeah. And I. You know, and it, yeah, go ahead, brother. No, you know what? Brother, you pretty much said it all already, you know. You know, the thing is, is that, as I was, you know, as, as I believe I heard Denise say that it's not that they don't know, you know. Um, she wondering if they don't know. But the thing is, is like, I, I'm wondering if they feel like, I wonder if they really feel like they have nothing I think one day, really, if they're not going to want to pay back the debts that they owe because they feel like, oh, you know, I already put it in contract and, or I already set it on the news or, or I already gave it to public notice. So I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm straight. I've done my part. Like, I really wonder if that's how they essentially feel, um, if, that, if that is how they operate. Because I know when I, I, know when I heard that on the TV news. I know that was a public notice. Straight up. Now, I know not a lot of people be listening to the news at an hour that I be listening to the news. And I know I only I only turned on the news that morning to hear the weather, which I didn't get. And um, a lot of people, I tell them that, and it's like, nah, nah, I didn't hear that. Oh, I... I gotta stop eating meat. It's like what? Are you serious? Like, all right, cool. You know, you gotta figure it out on your own. Still, yeah, work on it on your own. Don't take my word for it. You know, and that's them making that public notice. And from them making that public notice, I really wonder if if, if um they have nothing to fear. I really wonder if they feel like, okay, yeah, the force of nature is going, ah, oh, you know what, yeah, now they get a pass. Let the danger and destruction and the whirlwind and the pestilence jump and hop and skip over them, you know? <clears throat> a year. 
it just looks like it just looks like anything these people touch just turns to pure bullcrap. And I just use that word for the sake of this conversation. But um, you know, we just have to definitely keep pressing forward and just understand that this is so much bigger than what we this is so much bigger than what we are seeing, you know, and eventually we will we'll understand that a lot more when we have to sit where they're sitting and may not make the exact same decisions that they're making, but we will be sitting where they're sitting. And so it's important to right. be aware of how laws are made, um, even mm. though at this particular point I'm very young, and understanding how these, you know, laws are actually made, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's, you know, paying attention to what laws are out there or trying to see what laws are out there, be aware, you know, that this is, that all these laws are pretty much coming from a particular body of people who are working who really working in their own interest. Um, But usually, I I guess you can say at some point in time, there have been governments that have done that. And I think at some point we have done that. You know, so, you know, we have to look at it as if, you know, this is what you do not do. And again, you know, looking at this situation that we're in, this is definitely one of those things where you say, here's what we're not supposed to. <laughs> and I think more clear is the fact that all of this is publicized now because you got so much technology out. So now you can see it happening. And when we go back and we look and we see this stuff, you're like, okay, now it's very clear and cut on what it is that we're not supposed to do, even though sometimes it is hard because you've been so conditioned to do some of the things that you're doing. But we, this is why we fight every day, and this is why we're here, so that we can fight to rid ourselves of this conditioning. And it can be broken, you know, just be persistent yep. with yourself, being persistent with the knowledge that you're given, and just being persistent with understanding what's going on around you and who you are around, you know, because... Mm. We're not just living here by ourselves, and we aren't, you know, we when we step outside of this nation, we have to deal with people that don't think like us, that don't look like us, and don't yeah. act like us. And we have people who do look like us that don't act like us, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, it's just one of those things that this is government. This is what that book has been talking about the whole time, man. And I think that's just the beauty of it, you know. We yep. experience what the book, we get to experience that book in flesh. Um, but unfortunately, most of us were designed to not necessarily get the full potential of what the book was actually trying right. to say. So we got caught up in so many other ideologies, so many other different uh, psychologies and, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. Or, oh, I support you. Oh, I'm, I eat clean, so I'm better than you. And it's like, okay, well, 
you're not really understanding why these things are set up because it's just more than you that are going to receive these things. And in saying that, looking at this government, you would think that with the gift that they've been given. Now, I see at some point, I'll be honest with you, looking at the way the government was set up before the international bankers, I say they did do something right. They were following those laws at first. I'm totally honest. Regardless, I mean, I won't say regardless, but looking at the way that we were treated, we do understand why we were treated that way. But looking at it now, it's a two side. It's two sides to that, and most of that now. Now most of it is coming from us, and that's. That's bad, but it's true. I mean, this government has went down, man. The body is dying. <laughs> and it's almost, you know, like, I don't care, but, um, yeah, man, we just, we just, you know, definitely need to be aware of what we're going through. Um, the floor is open up for any more topics. Does anybody have anything that they want to share? Um, just stay tuned. Yeah. Brother Andrew, um, yeah. you know, I was, um, yeah, I was, I was in the library. What was it? Two days ago, <laughs> and yeah, me some straight up, me some man. I taught my mom, yeah, and a lot of times that put me in the problem too, yeah. But um, I have something I'm working on, and um, I was in the library, and. I ain't judgmental. By the by, by you know the scripture says John seven twenty four. Don't judge by appearance, you know. But um, like this dude was looking at me, in my peripheral. Like I wasn't looking at him. I was on the phone. I was talking about concert, and like this dude looking at me, and this guy he had locks, but he, he his locks was going naturally. Like he ain't twisted here or nothing. He just let his hair grow and let it just nap. And he was he was overweight. And his pants was tight. So I'm like, I'm thinking to my constant, like, damn, gee, like, why your pants so tight? Like, I don't know if you fat and they tight or you think that's the style, but damn. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? I told her, that's bad. Let me not even say that. I'm not supposed to be judgmental. And I was getting up to leave from the library, and I realized some other he was a legal guy too, and some other guy was went to the computer with him too, and they were doing a project together. Excuse me. And then I seen on the screen they had the gay flag. Uh, I don't know what to call it. The gay parade, the gay pride flag. That's what. That's what I, I think it's called. The gay pride flag. That color of rainbow flag. And. Um, I went up to them and I said, "Excuse me, um, I, I want to ask you guys a question." And, I, and the guy was like, "Pardon?" And I and I said, "I would like to ask you a question." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And then I said, "That flag is that accepted into the United Nations?" where they acknowledge that flag to be a country? <clears throat> and he goes, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know about it. 
And I'm like, okay. And I just asked him because I know I went somewhere and they told me, yes, it has. And um, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not for it and I'm in no capability to be against it, but I don't support it. How about you guys? What's your, what's your take on that? And the guy that had the locks, the tight pants, he's like, yeah, I, I am. And the next guy looked straight. I, as I said, I ain't judging, but he looked straight. And he said, I'm undecisive. My head, I was like, what does that mean? I said, okay. I was like, you undecisive? I was like, okay. I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. But I, and I'm saying unto them in this manner, like, I'm saying, I know that according to this system, according to the legalities of this, this, of this system, that's, that's accepted to be okay. <clears throat> but according to nature, two of them cannot bring forth, they cannot multiply naturally. Two men or two women cannot multiply naturally. And I know that two individuals can adopt, to, they could adopt to surrogacy gestation or they could adopt to world health, uh, whatever, they could adopt. But that's not natural, as in they, they cannot multiply in a in 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 normal way. That's not me. And I'm saying unto them, this is not me hating upon homosexuals. This is just me speaking my thoughts. And I'm speaking boldly in the library. I don't care who is hearing me. I hope everybody's hearing me. And I'm saying unto them that it's, 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 it's not right for me as an individual who should feel small if I speak my mind about how I see things and not willingly try to offend anybody. But at the same time, it's okay for homosexuals to speak their mind and nobody shouldn't be offended from what they say. So, um, that was just what, that's just an experience that I had came across throughout the week. That's an experience I come across on a daily basis, matter of fact. Especially up in this, I don't know about y'all, but shoot, this new prime minister, Mr. John Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, yeah, he's pro-homosexual. I don't know if he's homosexual, but I just came to find out. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be at sometime, but I just came to find out. They, they actually have a specific holiday, a specific day that's recognized as a holiday for gay people. Like, they call it the gay, the gay parade day or the gay parade pride, something, something like that. And it's recognized as a specific day. And this prime minister, I ain't hateful of him, you know. He got a certain style about him that I appreciate and I can respect to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but he's pro it. He's for it. Yeah, he's he, he throwing that fist as if it's, he, he's throwing up that black fist as if it's a panther fist. You know, he's throwing up that fist as if it's a black panther fist he's trying to throw up, but he's pro it. He's for homosexuals. And now it's because 
he has become the new prime minister of Canada, <clears throat> it feels like um, now that he's becoming the new prime minister of Canada, these homosexuals, and I don't mean to target them as if that they are less than another individual or another human being. I have I don't care what they do. I it don't faze me. I don't have no energy to lose on what they do neither. But what I'm saying is that now that he become prime minister, it's as if they feel that they could come out of the closet. And before when he wasn't prime minister that they had to hide in the closet. You know, so now they're they're actually flagrant with it. And you know what came across that night also? Um, why the Messiah told his disciples to pick up a sword and walk with it, sell your clothes and get a sword? Because homosexuality back then, ain't, homosexuality today is on the rise just as it was on the rise back then. And for them disciples to go and speak into certain areas where homosexual was flagrant, you could believe you I. That when they spoke, them homosexuals didn't want to hear that. And Paul went to certain places, them homosexuals didn't want to hear him. I yield. Shalom. Uh, this is really, I thought this was really interesting. Because while I uh, was looking through the TV the other day, uh, and this is kind of going um, along with what the brother was just saying. There, uh, I guess it's Bruce Jenner, by the way. He um, is at this meeting, and he's talking with these other men who are just like him. And the man, it was a, it was a uh, brother that was on there who identified as transgender. And he said something I thought was like, it's confusing. So it just goes to show you that they don't even understand what it is that they're doing. And I'm going to tie this into something else. The brother busts out and said, people don't realize that gender is so much bigger than being male and female. Now, for me, I was sitting here not even trying to rationalize with that because he contradicted himself in the physical. Because if male and the gender roles were so much bigger than male and female, why would you go from male to being a to wanting to be a female instead of being a male turning into a rhinoceros or a male turning into a rabbit or a male turning into a turtle or a male turning into a lion, so on and so forth. So the ideology that they have is so confused and. I say that to say this, there's a lot of ideologies out there that will tell, that are trying to convince our people to steer so far away from in, from basic instructions, really. I mean, the more I look at this book, the more basic it has become. Like, it's so basic, yet it's so hard for us to really just follow it. Because, again, we've been in a society that told us you can do what you want to do. And in all essence, you really can't do what you want to do because if you really could do what you want to do, we wouldn't have a society. 
you know. But, I mean, right now what we're experiencing is just pure hedonism. You know, everybody's just living to do what they feel. But, you know, there are a lot of ideologies out there that, you know, tend to make us who we become, and they're not necessarily who we are. But because it makes us feel good, we tend to grasp onto it. Just like so many people who are Egyptologists, chemistologists, people who are, um, let's see, uh, part of these other different groups, the people who become Hebrew Israelites, you know, whatever facet is, you know, whatever facet <laughs> way of life we, you know, come in contact with, there's something about it, you know, that you know, draws us to it. We don't necessarily clearly understand it, but, we, you know, it's something about it that draws us to it. But if you go into something that you don't fully understand, I mean, eventually you're going to receive the negative aspect of what it is that you're trying to understand about what it is that you're joining. And that's what happened with a lot of the people who are, I guess you can say, practicing this lifestyle that's out there now. They don't they're going into something they don't understand. And mind you, these same people will sit back and they'll say, well, man wrote that Bible. That Bible is not useful to us. Nobody can fully follow the Bible. I'm just saying to myself, well, you don't necessarily follow the United States laws either. So, I mean, I guess you don't have a problem with the Bible or the United States Constitution. You just got a problem with authority. You just got a but happen to just listening to what somebody telling you how to live your life. And, you know, cause, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I know some people who grew up in the church, I mean, like, grew up in the church, and then all of a sudden they just like, bam. You know, and it's like, now, why now? Like, like why now? And it's like, no real explanation. Why now? But even still, it's just like, looking at it, you you'll say, I don't really have to believe in the scriptures for it to work. Okay, I mean, well, you don't necessarily believe in the United States Constitution either. And in all actuality, the United States Constitution is a reflection of the scriptures. As a yes. matter of fact, there have been, I, I would say, every every kingdom that was built after the fall of you, of Jerusalem after the fall of Jerusalem, after we got, uh, after we ran and fled from the Romans, that book was used to set up every kingdom afterwards. And they and they don't have the book as like a, it's kind of like a, a a blueprint for how to run the government. But they'll have their own laws, but they don't have a blueprint. Where do you think the twelve tables of Justinian came from? Now they'll. Now, they did put in there that the uh, 12 Tables of Justinian were a mixture of different laws that they accumulated through different cultures, but they don't want to necessarily give credit to those cultures. But, they, you know, you have people, our people who were Israelites who were living in Romans' time who were giving credit because they were practicing it. They were, ne- they were really, really practicing it. And furthermore, these people were Israelites. But because the Europeans or these Romans, they want to take credit for everything, they want to try to pass these people's office, Romans or Caucasoids. But nonetheless, I say, yes, sir. I want to ask you a question. Yes, sir. 
when you say Justinian, you're speaking of the same Justinian of uh, the Roman rule, Constantinople? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I was asking because I was reading reading something today about about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I was reading something today about Justinian. I don't want to come off topic, but yeah, that's what I was asking for my own education. I don't want to come off topic, but... Matter of fact, I want to say something pertaining to what you were making mention of that a lot of these individuals, you know, they, um, what it is that they do, they end up, in a sense, they end up pointing fingers and, ah, you want to believe that Bible stuff, man? What white man wrote that, so they say. Oh, that's man, that's, that's, that's man written. But the same thing that they're going to be following is man written or man instructed. Or man right. say regardless if they know it or not. So as you said, you know, they're only saying little things because excuses. Yeah. Straight up. And essentially, I know that the same reason why these same Christians, they say that, you know, <clears throat> um, let, me, let me calm down for a sec. Yeah. The same reason why these Christians may mention that, you know, they, they follow the Christ or they, 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 they want to... They want to, um, their purpose, all, as, as a Christian, as a Christian, all they got to do is just believe, because I do my own personal surveys. I do my own individual surveys. I go around and I ask people questions straight up. I tell them, I'm doing a survey. Can you answer this? If you don't want to answer this, you don't, you're not obligated to answer it. If you don't want to answer this, understand. So I was talking to an individual today, and I was asking him, I said, um, so you're a Christian. Now, what is it that I need to do to be a Christian? Oh, just believe. And I said, oh, okay, so I don't have to do anything? No, just believe and just say what was being said. Pass on on the same. Okay. And um, I was even asking, I said, you a Christian? Where's your your knife at? Where's your sword at? Because the Christ told his disciples to walk with a sword. So where's your sword at? You're a Christian. Where's your sword at? What you talking about? Like Luke 22 and 36 and 37. Where's your sword at? I don't know what you're talking about. Sounding kind of radical. Like, I'm just asking you a question. You say you're a Christian. And he's like, and then after, I said to the individual, you know what? I want to commemorate the spirit that you have because you're, you actually were willing to speak boldly upon your faith in the public, on the public transportation, which a lot, a lot of people are willing to do. You know, kudos to that still. That's it for that. And essentially what I'm saying is that a lot of these, you know, Brother brother Shedrick, uh, uh, Minister Shedrick made mention of it. That, and, and right on time, he was saying that you go going to church all this time, and you choose now to leave? Seriously? Like, why? But at the same time, I looked at it like this. Like, as a young child, all you do is want to, you can't wait for Halloween as a young child. You just, oh, my goodness, candy. I get dressed up like Ninja Turtle, running around with my sword and all that. But then again, you, as you get older, that urge for dressing up, it's not the same. You gotta replace that urge with robbing somebody, kicking down some old lady or something of that sort, egging somebody's house, doing something stupid just so that you can say, "Yeah, I ran from the police." 
You got to rep- and that's essentially what it is that these Christians had done. They ended up going to this church just because they want self praise from Sister Maxine or Brother Daniel. Oh yeah, but Andrew was in church every single Sunday. But after that self praise is no longer there, they gotta find something to amuse that which is that which is needed to be feeded unto them. Whether it be ego, whether it be pride, they gotta continue to fill that. And they, they ain't getting that liquid to be filling that cup. Not like that. You know? And I hear. Yes, sir, brother. Um, the time now is 8.52, and I'm just stating that because I may have to go over through this meeting. Um, for the most part, we definitely have to ask ourselves, you know, Looking at all these things that we pretty much talked about today, you know, do we really understand or 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 is it setting in now what needs to, I guess you could say, what we need to be trying to do as a people? Um, I, when I, today when I saw the petitions going around, I said to myself, man, I wish, you know, the brothers and sisters would uh, be that more passionate uh, uh, to write a petition about removing uh, this government. (laughs) Hmm. You know, Hmm. but again, a lot of these people are really codependent on this government. And the reason why I say that is because this government does allow you to do uh, Anything really, you know. What you want to do? Yeah, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do here, and there is no place like it. And that's the scary part because you can do anything you want. Who wants to live in a society where you can live, where you can do what you want to do? <laughs> because at some point in time, that can be taken out of context, and that can be said, "Well, hell, if I can stand outside." And, you know, if I can go uh, uh, stand outside and rob somebody, I can go and rape somebody. And if I can go and rape somebody, I can go and steal from somebody. I mean, they have, I mean, this government has pretty much uh, uh, turned uh, brothers into thugs, and we've aided it by becoming that. It turned some of our sisters into whores, and they've aided it, aided it by becoming it. It turned most of our brothers into homosexuals, and we aided it, aided it by adopting the lifestyle, believing in the things that they were saying. Oh, well, see, all you have to do is just, you know, be who you are. Well, who are you? Who are you before they told you who you were? And that's what ends up happening. We lose ourselves in this system. We lose ourselves and what these people are telling us that we should be. And they're always coming up with something. I don't care what it is. I don't care from what demographic, what philosophy, what ideology. They're always coming up with something. Because, I mean, again, we can talk about this all day, but you already know the game. It's commerce. Yep. Sell us. True. I mean, they've been selling us a lie for 
I mean, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, but once you understand the inner working and you have a close relationship now with your creator by understanding this commerce situation that we're in, then now it, you become the buyer, you become the creditor, you become the seller. But now that gives us the now that gives us the pen. Now we can rewrite some of this mess that they got us in. A, a sister said something, and I and I and I kind of fought with this uh, months ago. Even though I really did understand what she was trying to say, but I think what she didn't realize is that regardless of what she was trying to say, she could pretty much have said the same thing about Egyptology. She said that the book is a book of spells, and white people have used it to cast spells on black people. And so why would anybody want to worship? Why would anybody want to follow spells? I mean, you should practice the law of attractions because, I mean, with, with the laws of attractions, you can you can attract you can think of only positive things and attract it to you. Well, outside of the laws of attraction, you still have to deal with reality, and the reality is we deal with people that do bad things. We deal with people that steal. We deal with people that kill. We deal with people that rape. We deal with people that lie. We deal with people that covet, and we deal with people that lust. We deal with a whole variety of different people. And the one thing I know that the scripture does teach us is how to deal with people like that. This is why we have laws, and this is why we have justice systems, so that when people do do these things contrary to it, we don't just rely on the law of attraction. Because you can attract all kinds of different things to the laws of attraction. I don't mm. care how nice you are. Okay. Nice people die too. Nice people get robbed. Nice people get raped. Nice people get lied on. Nice people get taken advantage of. And it's been happening at the beginning of time. So all these ideologies out there, man, they are taking our people. This is the, this is the lie that the book prophesied about. This is that spirit that's out there now. But here we we've been able to we've been able to see through it. Because now we know what that lie is. You can't tell some how long do you think you can go with telling somebody there's a law but there's no God. Okay. Well if there's a devil, there's got to be a God. <laughs> so, I mean, that lie has been shattered. But on that note, it is 8.58, and I will get ready to get out of here. Um, and I'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Um, I'll uh, pass the post to Brother Andrew if he's willing um, to accept the post, Brother. Yes, Brother. I'm not going to be here much longer, but I'm going to... Hold it down with the best that I can. Most I will for the meantime, brother Matt. That's 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 <laughs> fantastic, brother. Um, all praises due to the Most High. Thank you, Master. No problem, brother. Uh, and I love all you brothers and sisters. You are my you are my second family, man. And my good, my my goodness, it does feel good to be home. And on that note. I'll see you guys later. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, brother. Shalom, brother. Shalom.
Oh, Andrew. Salam, brother. Is that all so, good? Yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to uh, relieve myself from the call as well. All right, Salam, nation. Love you guys, and y'all uh, stay prayed up. Shalom, shalom. Salam, brother. Take it easy there. You may y'all rule. You available right now? Probably not. I would like to know who's on the call. Who's still on the call at the moment in time? May I, may I find out now? Sister Crystal here. I'm actually about to um, step off the call as well, Brother Andrew. Okay. All right, Sister Crystal. I hope that tonight's call, tonight's fellowship line was edifiable. You heard something new. You experienced something new. You learned something new. For sure, for sure. It was it was definitely edifying. Um, you all bringing out a lot of stuff um, that I want to look into. So enjoyed it and definitely um, looking forward to next week. That's, that's powerful. That's wonderful. You know, whatever it is that you hear from no matter who, you know, it's a question to study for and study against it. Yep. You had a resume with your spirit that you, that you comprehended. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, I appreciate you, Brother Andrew, and um, everybody else or anybody else that's still on the call. Shalom. Enjoy the rest of the week. And um, talk to you all next week. Thank you. Thank you. Shalom. I think to the most right. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom as well. Shabbat Shalom. Well, since everybody else is going to be leaving off the call, let it be known that I, Andrew, uh, Andrew, the child of Benjamin, is going to be leaving off the fellowship line at this moment in time. Shalom, nation. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. Our praises to the most high.